0: Good morning, and welcome to O-Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 28, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, and we are at page 44 of paragraph 2. Today's readers are Larry K., Deb W., and Michelle H. The reference number for Tuesday, January 27, is 7237. That's seven two three seven. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is the fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA, of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's this tradition states,
1: Hi, it's Suji. Grateful in Pennsylvania. The 12 steps.
2: One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves.
0: Thank you, Suji. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions.
3: Good morning. This is Anita L., recovered for today, by the grace of God, from Philadelphia. Uh, The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trustful servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, Declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever
1: nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Anita, we lost you. Please press star one.
0: Katie, this is Melanie. I can pick up. Ye- yes. Please. Thank you. Nine. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. OA is anonymous, has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you for stepping in. How are meeting works? There is no absence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book, On page 44 paragraph 2 I will ask Larry Kay to begin reading
4: thanks Katie Uh, Larry Kay recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago Uh, thank you for your service to one who feels he is an atheist or agnostic such an experience seems impossible but to continue as he is means disaster especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety to be doomed To an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience showed that you need not be disconcerted. So, um, you know, I I certainly can identify with this. You know, I I tried uh, to avoid the issue, um, you know, coming into OA. And as it, you know, talks about in the second paragraph, but, you know, it isn't so difficult. Tell you what, it sure seemed difficult for me (laughs) when I I came into OA. and, you know, and, and and it says, you know, it, it gives me uh, some comfort that about half of our original fellowship were of exactly that type. You know, I imagine those, those numbers probably still hold true even beyond the first 100. And, uh, you know, I can relate to trying to avoid the issue uh, because uh, I grew up in a home that was, um, we worshipped at the altar of uh, education and data and, you know, and, and just getting it done. You know, and and we really valued education. That was just part of my family, part of my, I suppose, cultural heritage in a sense. Um, you know, and um, you know, but you know, once so when I come in here, you know, and I and I really concede to my innermost self that I am a true alcoholic. I, you know, I hoped against hope at first that I wasn't a, a true, I didn't have this alcoholic mind. But, you know, the disease beat me down. And after a while, I I had to face the fact, you know, because they talked about finding a spiritual basis of life life or else. And for me, spiritual, the word had a connotation of religion. And I wasn't terribly comfortable with that when I came in. Uh, I knew people that had religion, it seemed. And I certainly had an awareness of this notion of God. Um, but you know, I certainly did not have any sort of personal relationship or, or access in a way that I could live my life more effectively and you know so perhaps that that is you know the way with you, you know, but it's just cheer up, you know well here I am, hundred pounds heavier than I am now, uh you know with my life an absolute mess, this disease wrapping its tentacles around my you know my neck and uh squeezing, and so i'm I'm gonna cheer up. Well, you know, what's what's, uh, you know, what's there to be so cheery about? But, you know, this notion of agnostics, we without knowledge, you know, I didn't have knowledge. I believed that there was perhaps a power, but I didn't have knowledge. And, you know, my experience today shows that, you know, don't be too disconcerted about that issue, you know, because I worked through the steps. At some point, the disease convinced me to work through this practical program of action and when i did over time i had a, a spiritual awakening of the educational variety and today i'm able to live my life not only putting the food down and not for many many 24 hours not having to pick up the food but you know to have peace and serenity and to be the type of person that has been touched by this this higher power you know of my own conception you know i'll just finish up by saying that um there you know uh we we come in here and we don't know what we don't know. And I didn't know that I was that, that this higher power that I call God was about to change my life in ways that I could not have even imagined. And all I had to do was subject myself to this practical program of action. Stop debating. Thanks Katie for your service. And with that I'll pass. Thank
0: you Larry. Okay. Who would like to um, comment on the second paragraph that was read, but it, isn't so difficult.
5: This is Vasa I'd like to share. Okay, Vasa. Anyone else?
1: Anita J. M. This is Bella. share. That M.
0: Okay, I have Vasa, Anita J., Bella, and Matt M. We'll go with those four, please.
5: I'm here. I'm here. Thank, you thank you for your service. And I am VASA, or oh, calling from F- Florida, and I'm grateful recovered cover And thank you, Larry, for your service. I'm just getting familiar with all these people. The names, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. And, uh, I, yeah, I was ashamed to admit I was uh, agnostic to the atheistic mind, uh, because my father was a pastor, and uh, for me to admit that was very shameful, and uh, especially at the meetings, you know, even though I had my spiritual experience with God, I, you know, I was, a, you know, again, I, there was something I could not, it was hard for me to talk about God, but anyways, uh, for me to... Uh, okay, um, but to continue as he is means disastrous. disaster, especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety, and that was me. And further down, the second paragraph says but after a while we had to face the fact that we must find spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that, very, that way with you, but cheer up! Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostic, and uh, and I found really comfort to um, to hear that half of us or half of the people that would come into the program, we you know we are agnostic, you know, and for me to really to believe and trust in God, somehow I felt I had to I needed a proof I needed to. To touch, to believe, you know, and uh, and 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 somehow I, I was stuck in that, you know. And I remember, you know, growing up when things were not going very well in our house. I remember saying to God, God, where are you? You know, where are you? You know, if you're if you're there, then why don't you just come down and put an order in this household, you know? And then growing up also in a, in a communist country, being, you know, I was torn. I didn't know. I was confused. And I thank God that the food brought me on my knees. Otherwise, I would have been still floundering, floundering around there. I don't know where I would be today. But, you know, I was brought on my knees because of my food addiction. Thank you, and I passed.
1: Thank you, Basha.
0: Anita J., you're up. Thank you, thank you. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater in um, Massachusetts. And the first surprise when I went to my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting was a big book, uh, Standing standing Up. You know, they had that propped open, and um, I thought I was going to OA and then the speaker kept talking about god now i realized wasn't that fantastic she knew what the program was about but i didn't understand then and i first thought oh that's that's their gimmick god but i tell you the way i have grown in that area it's amazing because what What OA showed me was the difference between religion and spirituality. Religion, you know, uh, showing up at church on a certain day or doing this or doing that, never got me abstinent, never got me peace of mind, never got me any direction in my life. But spirituality, which is what I've gotten from the 12 Steps, That's an entirely different story. It's a a model for living, and I guess it's what it was all supposed to be about. And um, not just with the food. I mean, it's been a miracle. I've been abstinent many times in Overeaters Anonymous and broken it many, many times. But this abstinence is an abstinence that nothing, nothing can touch as long as I keep doing what, what uh, is required of me. You know, my husband has been in a hospital and now a rehab since January 5th, and I've been walking my walk here. Um, you know, without seeing. Well, I see him once in a while, but the point is, nothing touches this. Nothing. Somebody flew in and I took her fifth step from another state. I just keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing and his job is to get better and my job is to serve God to the best of my ability in all areas. That's what I got out of this program. I certainly didn't get that when I was a lecturer for one of those national weight loss places. That's all right. They didn't know. But I know now, and I wish I could tell everybody,
1: and with that,
0: I pass.
6: Thank you, Anita. You're up. Did you say Bella?
0: Yes, I did.
6: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful paragraph. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life, or else. Yes, a spiritual basis of life. Before I was in the program, I grew up in a religious home i was religious but i didn't have a spiritual basis at all i thought i had but i don't for me god was you know something very big very high for me and he's responsible of the whole entire world but my weight my life is all about me my life was the basis of my life was my ego, my power, my control. And yes, when I wasn't successful, it's because God is punishing me because I didn't go, I didn't do his will. Oh, and I was afraid from God. I thought in a in a certain way I am in competition with God. Oh yes, you God, you are so good. I can be good too. Uh, about my weight, well, I don't have the willpower, and God doesn't like it, so this is why I am getting heavier and heavier, uh, when I came to the program, when I helped God, God, I still didn't like it, because, you know, nobody will tell me who is God, I know exactly who is God, thank you, God, thank you, God, that I continue to with the program, and now, yes, I believe and accept that my life has to be on the basis of a spiritual way. Yes, today, I accept and admit that my overweight, my food is only a symptom, and yes, to get to 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 continue with a hef- happy life to continue to live in freedom, yes, today I know and I believe that I need a spiritual basis. Today God is my father, my king, my loving power, and this is the basis of life. Today I know I, I, don't, I don't have power and I don't need the power. Today, I know that I have one power to choose, to choose the right choice one day at a time. And it's okay to do mistakes. And God accept my, my mistakes because I am human and I am powerless. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. Matt,
7: M., your turn.
6: Oh, can you hear me, Katie?
8: Yes. Hi, everyone. Bells Visionaries. This is Matt. M, a compulsive overeater from New Jersey in the East Coast. Wow, this is a really powerful paragraph, you know. For me, uh, coming to believe, it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's been a very bumpy road, you know. I grew up, you know, with the God of the vengeful God and um, a church with beautiful stained glass windows and all this wonderful stuff. But I really didn't believe that I belonged in that, in that church. And then I finally, I got cocky to think that I was better than God. I didn't, I didn't need to know God. You know, I could do it better without him, you know, and he doesn't need me. I don't need him, you know, and uh, I used to, when, if anybody was coming out of this meeting really early, they probably think it's religious, but it took me forever to to finally make the decision, spiritual and religion are two different things. And I was so angry, um, angry for so long at God and the rest of the world because I couldn't get there and I couldn't get what I wanted out of life, you know. I couldn't rest at the whole entire world. I couldn't get a single drop of pleasure. The, and the food was not pleasurable after after so long. But it's amazing that um, I used to think I was agnostic, but I'm not agnostic. I never really was agnostic. Um, I'm realizing um, that my arrogance and pride were getting in the way of me having a spiritual experience and having a God of my understanding. Um, it's funny, I just happened to pick the topic of pride from another book in the index of another piece of OE, liter- piece of OE literature, and it's is so apropos with this paragraph. I'm finally setting aside my pride because um, it does, pride comes before a fall, you know, and I don't want to lose any semb- semblance of recovery that I found because I am working the program, but, you know, there's going to be good days and bad days like everybody, like everybody experiences them. And um, <clears throat> I'm finally starting to learn. I still have a long way to go. I'm, I'm still a baby and crawling when it comes to learning how to live each one day at a time. But just because I've been in the program seven years does not mean I have it all together. And um, I never really will. I believe I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater to the day I die. And just for today, I'm willing to be honest. So I, I, a couple of days ago, I really wasn't being honest with myself completely about some things. And now I'm finally getting right with my higher power and I really had a nice warm talk with him this morning. I said, you know what? You know, you take the day today. I'm just going to leave it up to you. I'll take the actions of put, uh, making my afternoon food, and you take whatever else is going on away uh, off of me if you can. So that'll pass.
0: Thank you, Matt. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Mary
3: A. Fabia.
0: Tim M. 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 Uh, w. Melissa C. Mary B. B. Okay. Oh dear. Okay, I heard Mary. A. <laughs> okay, I heard Mary and um, I'm sorry. Can you say your names again, please? I just Julie, Everybody's name is Melissa Lee, Mary Eddie B, Judia, Kim M. And the first okay, one let's was go Mary. with A. Okay, so there's a Mary A and a Mary B. Yeah. And Kim <laughs> M. Kim M. Okay, let's just go with those. Um, I'm sorry it's not in the order that you set them, but this is just going to be. Mary B., Julie R., Rabia, Sarah W., Kim M., and Mary A. Okay, go ahead, Mary B.
9: Thank you. Thank you, Katie. And good morning, everybody. This is Mary B. from California, but in Arizona today. So instead of 4 a.m., it's 5 a.m., um, very grateful to be on this morning, and really need to be an active uh member of a vision for you. I am in the process of um, of um, i am in the process and and grateful to be a very low bottom compulsive eater. Um, I when I came into overeaters anonymous I had uh, the god of punishment and that was all I had heard growing up Uh, religious practice was not important in my family but I was always told that God will punish you God will punish you and I you know I would not call myself agnostic or atheist I I really never gave much thought to it but I would call myself confused I came in confused but I know that when I saw what I saw in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous the people who shared their spiritual um, experiences and and about uh this thing called God, I knew I wanted it, I wanted it, and so I just started off doing whatever was suggested to me to do, whether it was uh reading a book or uh I joined a church um i um I went to groups I, I just did whatever they did and including of course working the steps and going through the steps so many times and uh, it took a long time uh, I'm a very slow learner it took a very long time and it's only in the most recent years that I took that power from out there and brought it within and I like my relationship with my higher power today. I really do. I'm, I'm very grateful for the relationship that I have with my higher power as a result of working this program over and over again. But I have this thing called, or that I call, divine discontent. And I know it can be better, I know that there's more. And so I have found myself in the rooms of a vision for you, and um, and I'm I'm going through this process, and I'm looking forward to to learning more, to doing more, to being more, and um, and I just want you all to know how much I appreciate what I have found here. Thank you very much for letting me share.
0: Thank you very much, Mary. Okay, Julie R, you're up.
3: Hi, this is Julie R recovered compulsive overeater from California. And thank you, Katie, for your service. There's a few things I wanted to point out with the first few words, but it isn't so difficult. I too was raised with a um you know, a God that I definitely wouldn't go to for help with my food and I always felt that I I mean, I, I knew I believed in God but I was agnostic in certain areas of my life. It's like I knew it, it was fair, but I didn't believe it could help me in certain situations. Um, you know, I was raised in a very kind of dichotomy where it was a very religious-slash-Native-American-slash-they-canceled-each-other-out-for-fear. For and... um and then the next paragraph I want to talk about, or the sentence, is that we must find a spiritual basis of life, or else. It doesn't say religion. And that was really um, key for me when I started getting into the big book. It has nothing to do with religion, it is a spiritual life. It's the God of my understanding. And it's so clear, or else. Or else what? Or else I'll get back into the food, or else I'll start living um, dishonestly or else I'll spend more than I make, or else I'll do inappropriate behavior. It is so clear that I must do this or else. And today, you know, I get it. I finally get it. I give everything to my creator. Um, And my life has transformed. And it is a miracle. I mean, you know, the weight loss is, you know, great, you bet, but I am not this dishonest, manipulative vengeful woman today I want to be of service I want to you know give to my husband I want to give to my employees I want to give to others around me Um, and that's not who I normally am I mean I was raised with a God that I felt um, left me in an abusive home I surely didn't want that God so I was able to have my own and it was one of my, my heritage which I'm very blessed But again, it says you must find a spiritual basis of life or else. And I am so glad that I have found that through working the steps and being with other like-minded people that have this disease but are living in the solution. I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, uh, Julie R. And now Rabia is up to share on this paragraph.
10: Thank you. Thank you, Katie, and good morning, televisionaries. This is Rabia. I am a compulsive overeater from New York, Rabia M. And at first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. That's me. Today is day nine Um Thank you God, returning from relapse and and I've been in OA for three and a half decades and this last relapse has cracked open my denial and the lie of my disease, which is that I'm only a compulsive overeater. I'm only a real compulsive overeater when I'm fat. And once I lose the weight, I have arrived. And and I'm not that bad, a compulsive overeater anymore. Then I shift into diet mentality, which I've lived in my whole life. Since my earliest memory, I've been on a diet and I've lied about my food. I've cheated on every diet and nobody has ever known everything that I've eaten and and so when I get thin, then I shift into what can I get away with. Um, and so I pick up foods that I can eat a lot of and not gain that much weight. And so my weight will start going up and down two pounds. But as long as I look good to you and as long as you see the, see the glow of recovery in me, because now I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, and I'm sponsoring and I'm meditating, and, and I'm really happy because I'm thin, uh, but I'm still either overeating or restricting uh, dieting because that's, no, that's how what I know how to do to perfection. And so as long as I'm getting away with it uh, and it's not showing, um, I don't have to tell you what i 'm eating, and so it works and it, it works for a while, and it works, and then it doesn 't work because it blew up on me two weekends ago, and thank God because i couldn 't hide anymore the eight pounds that I gained in two days and um, and and so i 'm so grateful that I see the lie i 've been living in that I am a real food addict. I do lie about my food. That's the nature of being an addict. I'm a liar when it comes to my food. I don't have to be that anymore because I'm telling the truth now about my food and that I've been lying all these years, and there's no shame attached to it. That's the gift. I've been so ashamed to be able to admit that. And now I see it's just part of the disease. We're liars. I cheat and I steal around my food, and and so do, so does every other addict on this planet. I'm not unique, and I'm so grateful to beginning this process again in step one, and, and more will be revealed. And thank you so much for sharing. I pass.
0: Thank you, Rabia. Okay, Sarah W.,
1: you're up. Good morning, Katie. This is Sarah W. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone on the
11: line. I'm from Iowa, very grateful to covered. Um, I just wanted to um, to hone in. Uh, you know, I think everybody really shared beautifully on this. Um, I think it is really hard to admit that you know we are you know truly an addict. you know t- you know I am truly an addict that that does not go away, it will not go away, and that um, you know have to do a lot of things to maintain. Sobriety, whether it be emotional, spiritual, physical, all those things. And um, I've been raising um, grandchildren for the past almost 10 years, and my granddaughter is almost 14, and she's very unhappy and wants to go back to her mother. And the only reason I bring this up is because this is what the program's about, you know. It's really coming to a head, and the reality is that this is life. Life happens. I would like my granddaughter to stay with me and help her through the rest of the years of her high school and that, but um, that may not be what God's plan is. And um, for me, you know, it says the word must in here. Um, You know, I've probably been up since about 4.30 this morning just really... Meditating and praying, I took some time in a room by myself, and, you know, I want to do God's will. I'm not looking to get my needs met or what I want. You know, I want what's best for her, what's best for our family, and I know that that's what my higher power would want. And, um, you know, the idea of, um, first of all, there are 123 musts in this book, and we have a must right here, and I think it's an important one. And, you know, in my book, the spirit, spiritual means um, of the spirit, soul, or distinguished. This is from the uh, big book uh, concordance or a dictionary. Uh, distinguished, most, um, distinguished from the bodily or material matters, so uh, relating to what is traditionally believed to be vital principles or animating force within living things. Relating to or consisting of or affecting the spirit, not composed of matter, not perceptible, especially by touch, um, of or from or pertaining to God, deity, or higher power, of or belonging to church or religion, um, metaphysical and supernatural. So anyway, I'm very grateful to have a higher power today and to know that that is uh, where I'm going to uh, need to put my trust. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, we're not on the third step we're on the second, but the acronym for trust is try really using step three, and that's what I'm doing. God bless you all, and
0: I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, thank you, Sarah W. Kim M., you're up. Good morning. This is Kim M., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Texas. Thank you for letting me share. Um, in this paragraph, they talk about we would have to develop a spiritual basis. And um, when I first heard that, when I first came into the program, I was thinking, God's the answer? Uh, well, well, I have God already. Oh, man, you know, and, and so I was like, I, guess I didn't know what I was expecting. But um, I think, and I came in and out of program, and I think what happened is that, I got so desperate and so tired of overeating and so tired of crying myself to sleep that I was willing or God helped me to develop a different kind of relationship with him. And I think this. That's well. I know that's what saved my life because I was basically using God as my sugar daddy. You know, God, I want this job, get it for me. God, I want this house, get it for me. I want kids, get get it for me. You know, and um, then when uh, I, I my spiritual awakening came, when I was going through step four. And all of my resentments and all of the things that we have to do in that process was situations that I created myself because what I was doing was none of my business and people were retaliating. So whenever I feel myself going into, you know, let me tell you how you should be living your life, Kim's way, I read pages 60 through 63. And remember that I'm not running the show, and Lord, help us all if Kim ever had to run the show. And uh, that's what saved my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Because I had God all those years, but I didn't have him the way it should have been. And now I live a life of service. I don't try to control my sister's lives. And once I started accepting my sisters for who they were and they started accepting me for who I am, I just I just had this fantastic relationship with them. And it's like, wow. And, and when they ask for advice, I look at them and I say, um, dear, that's none of my business. But I know that God will give you the answer. And, you know, let's pray about it or I'll be praying for you. So thank you very much for letting me share, and you guys have a great day. Okay, Mary A., your turn. Thank
1: you, Kim. Mary A., press star 1 to unmute.
0: Okay. Well, let's see. Is there anybody else who would like to share on this um, paragraph? I know I missed some people last time. I am here finally. Okay, Mary A. Go I'm, ahead. Just wait one second. Let's see if there's others after you. Eddie W.
12: I would like to share. Leah.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I heard Eddie W. and Leah, and then. Who from California?
1: Ricket. Melissa Spain. Rakifit.
7: Okay. Okay. Okay,
0: Mary A, Betty W. Leah, Rakifit, and Melissa. And hopefully that buzzing will go away. Go ahead, Mary
9: A.
1: Okay, Betty W,
0: please go ahead. I'm here, but it's the buzzing.
13: Okay. If
0: everyone is not speaking, yes. Katie, we do need to make sure that everybody is muted and I think it is coming from Mary A's phone and I'm trying my best. Okay, Betty W., let's go ahead with you, and then we'll come back to Mary A. Okay, it's not my phone. Hello, this Mary. is Betty. This is Mary. It, it is It is coming from Mary A.'s phone, so we need to probably work on that one for sure. Okay, thank you. Okay, Betty W., go ahead, and then we'll come back to Mary A. For a
12: very long time, uh, and thank you for allowing me to read today, for a very long time I didn't like this chapter because I felt I had always believed in God and was raised in a culture that was religious and fostered a belief in God. But I had a very limited um, knowledge of God, even though I felt I didn't. And it wasn't until I came into a vision for you that I really understood this. My enlarged ego and arrogant feelings of my own knowledge, I thought my relationship with uh, Hashem was a very strong one. But I didn't feel that I could ask him for help with my food. And I didn't think I could ask him for help for things that were important to me. I thought that was selfish. Well, now, since I've been in OA and in working the OA program and several different models of it uh, since 1994, I know today that I can ask God for help with anything. Uh, God was trying to let me know who he was Uh, More and more, because when I came into OA, I came in on July 4th, which is Freedom Day. And since I have been in OA, I began on a fact-finding process, starting with Step 1, because that's when I learned I was powerless over food, and I know that's a fact. I'm a critical-level, compulsive overeater and undereater. And the fact is that my life is unmanageable without food. And, you know, I... The facts are I cannot do this program under my own gnosis or knowledge, um, and, or, nor under my own self-reliance. The fact is that I can only do this with God at the forefront and with the 12 steps as my spiritual guide to live on a daily basis. And I'm so grateful for the speaker yesterday and the speakers today who stressed the fact that this chapter, We Agnostics, is a chapter that, uh, that deals with a lack of knowledge. Because as many times as I've read that, I didn't get that. And now I have a whole different attitude toward this chapter. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you for, again for leading and for everyone on the line. And I'll end it with that. And I
0: pass. Thank you very much, Betty W. And um, let's try to go back to Mary A. I'm here. It's Mary. <laughs> Can you hear okay, me? Okay, we hear you. Yes. And I'm on a new telephone. I've never heard had the buzzing before, so I don't know what it was. But good morning, okay. everybody. It's Mary A. from New Jersey. You must find a spiritual life or else. And, you know, I think of... Um, let me just start my timer. So I tend to talk too much. And um, I think of... I can't think of the names right now, but I think of... When our co-founders, you know, were starting and they came to the hospital and it was a very, uh, you know, a real alcoholic and, and, but he was a very religious man and, you know, the man said to them, you know, um, I'm so spiritual, I'm so religious, I mean, I know so much more than you, how could you possibly help me and they said to them, you know, it's true, You may know a lot more about God and have had spiritual experiences and everything, but who's the drunk here? I mean, you are drunk, and um, it's true. You know what I mean? He, with his faith and his religion, he was not able to get sober in that, And, and that's my journey. Many of you have heard my story, you know. When you come into the world, and I don't blame my mother. She had already had four girls, did not want a girl. But in her sick mind, when she conceived me, she put a death wish on me and said, you know, if it's a girl, I don't want her. How could I possibly be normal my whole life? So I knew, I know that when I look back at my journey that I have suffered from this all my life. But my mom gave me two things. She gave me a faith and a higher power in God, and she gave me life even if she wanted to, God intervened, and he got his way. And I'm so glad I'm a woman. I love being a woman. So my my faith journey went, and, you know, it wasn't until I was 18 I had a personal encounter with a living God. And um, I experienced for the next 40 years things that most people don't. I have been very blessed with every spiritual experience I can imagine. I have been prayed with people who are dying or sick, and I have seen them get better. I have just been so blessed. But when it came to the food, when the prayer groups, people in my church would um, pray over me, I would get abstinence for a short while. But finally, when I was going into a nursing home, being crippled by this disease, that um, I was led to the room and came here. And this is where... God, all these things that I have encountered in my own faith, but it was through the steps that I really was able to really get an anchor on things like resentment is the number one offender, and so in the rooms I have really um, been able to battle this this disease. But unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, my experience has never been a punishing God, but a loving God and I tell so many people, you know, God loves me whether I'm in the food or out of the food. So thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you very much, Mary.
0: And Leah M., you're up.
7: Thanks so much, Katie. This is Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. But it isn't so difficult. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted you know, uh, the the title of this chapter is We Agnostics, you know, We Without Knowledge. And that was certainly true for someone like me. I mean, I just had uh, no development in this area. That was how I was coming in. Um, you know, we talk about children or, you know, people who are physically underdeveloped or emotionally underdeveloped. Um, I was spiritually undeveloped. I had no understanding of the spiritual realm. Yes, I had accumulated perhaps some facts, you know, during my childhood, but there was no uh, relationship going on. So, you know, here I am cornered by this illness. The first paragraph on this page, you know, made it very simple. Leah, have you been able to quit compulsively overeating entirely left to your own resources. And to that I could say absolutely not. <laughs> then it asked me another question, Leia. Do you have any control over the amount you eat after you after you start eating a certain substance, your trigger substances? And the answer to that was absolutely not. So the big book tells me, hey, Leah, you are cornered. You've got this twofold illness, and the only thing that will conquer it is a spiritual experience. So then someone like me who has no spiritual development could feel very, you know, hopeless because I'm beyond beyond human aid. And if I place myself beyond human aid, then even the fellowship, which was so warm and inviting, will not bring about my recovery from compulsive overeating. So if I'm going to recover, the power is going to have to come from a source other than just the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. And thank God, you know, Bill W. was a real alcoholic, and thank God he knew how someone like me was going to feel when I got here. That, you know, based on old ideas, it would seem impossible for me to take this leap into a, a realm, a world that I had little or no experience with. So this chapter is going to give me and gave me some new ideas so I could discard my old ideas, which were very limiting, uh, and, and be open to some new ideas. And the bottom line is that when I came here, I did make a decision. I decided, <laughs> and it wasn't out of any virtue, it was out of pain. Out of pain, I decided to base my life on the assumption that if it's in the big book, it's true as far as I'm concerned. And this eliminated massive amounts of doubt and insecurity for me and allowed me to proceed uh, with, uh, you know, sure footing that these men and women had been restored to sanity, the obsession of the mind had been driven out, and they were now free. And with that goal in mind, uh, I proceeded, <laughs> and with that I passed. Thanks. Thank you, Leah.
0: And Rakefit, I'm sorry, you will be our last uh, person for today. And Melissa, if you could please stick around for the second hour. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. This is Rekephit recovered compulsive overeater in California and I
3: grew up in a house where no mention of God. There was no mention. My parents never uttered the word, never spoke about it. My father was a Holocaust survivor and he of course never, never wanted anything to do with God. So I was a fat kid all my life.
0: And fifty years ago when I was in school there weren't that many fat kids, but I was fat and it really, really affected me. I got teased all the time. I just um internally took in all this pain that there's something wrong with me. And I came to believe that God was punishing me by being fat. I had been a bad
3: person or had done something bad and so I was being punished
0: by God. God was making me fat, making me love food, so I couldn't put it down and I really believed that because how else could I explain it? Every other kid almost Was a normal size and happy-go-lucky, and I was miserable. I was miserable with my weight, and then when I came into program sixteen years ago, they told me that I had to ask God to, to to help me with my food. And the dichotomy for me was unbelievable. Here I'm supposed to go to a God that I believe caused my my misery all my life, and I'm supposed to ask God to remove my obsession and help me. So you know, I acted as if I did it, whatever. But it took me 15 years in program to finally, slowly, very, very slowly, accept God in my heart, accept that there is a power greater than mine that's going to help me with my food because there is no power. And I love what um, a couple of speakers on on the slide said sometimes, uh, that if you have a mean and vengeful God, you have to fire your God. You have to get a new God get a new God. And that's what I had to do, get a new God that's completely different than any God I thought was punishing me. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Richard, And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Deb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive
13: only. Meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you
1: until then.